Welcome to Moments of Clarity with Tiffany Werner, licensed mental health counselor in the state of Florida. Moments of Clarity's mission is to educate and end the stigma on mental health through the inspirational stories of our exceptional guests. Now, here's Tiffany Werner. Hi, you guys. My name is Tiffany Warner. I'm a licensed mental health counselor, and I also host this show called Moments of Clarity. It's live every Thursday and Friday from 12 to 1 on seven different radio stations and um, podcasts and everything. And and let me know if you can hear me, you guys. I um, am trying to make sure that you guys can. Anyway, so... I really appreciate you taking the time to hear my story. I'm usually the host of the radio show where I am basically, you know, talking about ending the stigma on mental health and um, ending the stigma on mental health and through inspirational stories of exceptional guests. And I'm always asking people to follow us on YouTube. We're starting a YouTube channel. I'll get to that in a minute and everything, but not a lot of people understand what moments of clarity is and so of course how would you know and why would why would it make matter to anybody unless you understand the story behind it so i figured i will open up and not only allow people to ask questions you're welcome to ask questions on facebook live as well i need to lower this right that that but let me know that you can hear me okay with a heart or something um anyway so for those of you that don't know my journey, um, and I'm really tempted to do like the West Philadelphia born and raised thing, but not going to. Anyway, so um, grew up pretty good and nice neighborhood and actually born and raised in Florida. However, um, well, um, nice family, very nice family, gotta say that, um, wonderful mother. And right after I graduated, and I'm going to do clip note versions, so I'm not taking up too much of your time, but right after I graduated high school, I was barely barely 18. I had just turned 18. I starting summer school at a nearby college before going to the University of Florida. And for some reason, woke up early one morning and um, got was going to get ready for school. As I'm notoriously late, and why I host a live radio show. <laughs> so anyway so um i'm backtrack got up early went to the bathroom to get ready because i was thinking in my head wow this teacher is finally gonna not give me crap about this because i'm gonna be on time found my mother on the bathroom floor um didn't quite understand what's going on she had had a brain aneurysm we had to call 911 and she never woke up now, meaning like I had just turned 18, so a trauma and a sudden loss, and they had to pull the cord. Obviously, she was on life support seven days and um, pull the cord, and I lost my mother just like that and found her and was really confused. Um, my family also confused, didn't know how to handle everything, and and that was my first my first experience was post-traumatic stress with sudden loss. And it's an unexplained feeling of void and especially for a teenager, but it's bad at any age, really, really bad. Unexpected loss, survivor guilt. What did we just last say? I should have spent more time with her. Just, 
you know, things that we live with and, um, you know, undeserved guilt. Um, I started to fall apart and it was pretty evident. I um, started to control my eating, um, got down to 98 pounds, developed anorexia. And the thing that, like looking back on this, I have an older brother. At the time, my father wasn't, was um, still alive and my grandmother's too. And aunts and uncles and things, extended family. But at the same time, no one asked me if I was okay. In fact, they were kind of like, what is wrong with you? Pull yourself together. They could tell I was doing things that I didn't usually do, partying too much, um, hanging out with the wrong crowd. And looking back, you know, I knew that I wasn't myself and that trauma can derail us so fast from everything. I mean, especially shock. So um, I decided to, I'm gonna kind of fast forward to just a little bit, but I had gotten to the University of Florida and decided to put a lot of my strength into school. While I was in college, both of my grandmothers died one after the next. And then my mother's mother couldn't accept the fact that she lost her daughter. So my grandmother on my mother's side died almost in the same year. And we were all really close. The grandmother that lived with me most of my life died the following year. My father developed terminal cancer. I was raised by Marines. I have a soft spot for veterans. Um, he died from Agent Orange a couple of years later. And not only that, he moved on in a weird way where he like, just started dating immediately. And I basically felt like I lost two parents at once. And so that took a while to come back and like really actually realize when it was happening, but, but it did. I felt very isolated and alone. And, and so trigger, well, before my father passed away, when I said I was raised by Marines, I had said, you know, I'm 98 pounds, eyebrow ring, no offense by any of that, but this wasn't who I was in high school. This wasn't me growing up. Um, blue streaks in my hair, just, I mean, um, I obviously, I could have been hospitalized for just starving myself, definitely anorexia and um, different crowd of friends. And, and instead of wondering what's wrong or anything, I asked my father for help. And I, I said that I needed to talk to a counselor. I need to talk to somebody that I was not handling this okay. And I remember word for word what he said, he's like, you're not crazy. You're not crazy. You can get through this, and this is not what our family does. So, okay, well, fine. Um, so I continued to fall apart, and luckily, you know, and this has something to do with you know post-traumatic stress or obsessive compulsive stuff, uh, whatever. But I started to focus into school, like overachiever focus into school. But I was an undecided major. Didn't know whatever. Um, there's a lot of people that, you know, focus into school and overwork or whatever. Um, I'm definitely one of those people that, that um, well, I was, that I wanted to use that as a distraction so I didn't have to cope with the pain. And I kept wondering, like, why I, people were worried about me. I was like, I'm an honor society. I'm getting over a 4.0. What the hell? Cut it a break, right? I didn't realize that that was that was a problem. Like the, not at the time, I was barely like barely twenty years old. 
So um, I, I realized I started developing the need for control because everything was just ripped out of my life, like bam, bam, bam. So the eating disorder, need for control, the work, the grades, everything, is I had no feeling of control in my whole life. And I'm sure a lot of you guys can, can relate. Trauma can really change us. And I've had guests on the show talk about DNA, neuroplasticity, neuroscience. Trauma affects the DNA in our brain, and we start learning how to respond differently, respond differently to different situations. We respond and we learn how to respond differently because of fear, fear of the unknown, fear of going through what we went through, fear of abandonment, fear, fear, fear is the hardest thing to diminish in our brain. So if any of you guys have ever been through anxiety or post-traumatic stress or stress or trauma, anything like that, especially with CPTSD, which I had gone through, um, at the time didn't know what it was at all. So I was completely exposed to the stigma of mental health stigma. Remember, I'm not crazy. I didn't need help, my father said. But then I was an undecided major at UF and University of Florida, and I had enough credits to get uh, my degree in either sociology or psychology. So obviously, I was trying to figure somebody out. It wasn't other people. It was, yeah, me. So I decided to go into psychology. And thank goodness for a good education. Uh, my teachers noticed, my other therapists, my teachers, my psychologists, my professors, they saw something wrong with me. They saw that I needed help. And they required a lot of us, all of us, not just me, they didn't pick me out and go, oh my God, I mean, you're, you're not, you got to go to therapy. But they wanted to make sure that we graduated healthy and of sound mind. And that was my first experience in therapy. And it really, really changed me. It really helped me realize how angry I was. I was in all the stages of grief, you know, denial, bargaining, anger, depression, acceptance. I, I wasn't, I wasn't coping with it at all. In fact, I was running from it. I was escaping. I was angry, angry at everything, for the loss, for my life changing, for having to live like that, for not being able to count on people that I felt like I should be able to count on, things like that. So during that, I saw, I saw a transformation in myself by finding the right counselor. And it took a few, it took a few, cause I was like, I don't trust these people. I'm about to tell them everything. And um, it took a few, I finally connected with one. And I remember like an emotional breakthrough in her office, just bawling, just everything. And um, I started to see the, the complete power of counseling, especially then. But not only that, I focused on at-risk youth because I was an at-risk youth for so long. And so after I graduated from the University of Florida, I started to focus with at-risk youth and I started working in juvenile correctional facilities, substance abuse clinics, and working with people, teenagers that have gone through trauma because I had been there. And luckily, you know, and um, I'll deny this if anybody reports up, but uh, I probably would have been one of the juveniles in correctional facilities if I had gotten caught. So, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes we all like react in different ways, but I was one of the ones lucky enough or just wasn't my, wasn't my calling to get caught. <laughs> but I was, I was drawn to those facilities and I, I worked at the correctional facility, maximum risk um, for a good eight to 10 years, maximum risk youth and troubled teens, at risk youth, young 
and as a clinical director, residential facilities, detention centers, prison. One of them used to be the prison that was the Florida State Hospital. And I swear to this day that it was haunted. It was kind of like on a creep scale of one to 10, it was a 12, especially at night. So um, got the, the, the education behind my belt to do license. But, but still, you know, it was the passion that it came through me. They, did I handle it well? No. By the time I got help, it'd been a good eight years where I was falling apart and um, I didn't want to listen to anyone at all. Um, so as I was, when I finally found the right person I could actually talk to, I was starting to see how I was learning my behavior and everything wasn't okay. I was not being kind to myself at all. And that, and that help is out there. And there was no shame on seeking counseling. There was no shame on it. I, I was programmed to think maybe it was not good. It wasn't good, but there's no shame in seeking counseling. I, I, I had to experience that for myself because I was, I was told it was. And I think I skipped through this, but my father passed away from Agent Orange in 2001. So it was like a few years after my mom. And I had to put myself to college, put myself to grad school. And um, let's see, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, just that no one except the teachers asked if I was okay. So if you see anyone going through trauma or anything like that, make sure to ask if you're okay, if they're okay, what's wrong, can we help? Not just be like, oh my gosh, they're off the rocker, why? It's the worst thing you can do. So um, after I worked at the correction facility, clinical director, um, I was blessed to meet this man, Dr. Joseph Adan. He has a private practice and he would come to our facilities and say, you know, and basically he's a psychiatrist. So he would prescribe the medications to the people in residential. And I was like, you know, Tiffany, uh, I think I was pregnant with my son too at the time. He's like, why don't you try this out? Introduced me to private practice. And when I was in private practice, it was awesome. You know, different hours, um, no rats, <laughs> residential facility. <laughs> um, uh, you make your own hours. It was just like, wow, you know, different clientele. And um, But it was in a doctor's office. And I just happened to have the conference room where it had a secret. I know, I'm not a secret, but. A second entrance came in and out and I started seeing that my clients didn't want to go through the lobby anymore because there were some fairly psychiatric people that in the lobbies that said they were, they were um, ashamed to be there. They're like, well, you know, I'm not crazy or I'm just here for couples counseling or my mom just wants me to talk to somebody. And they would ask if they could just leave out the side door instead of they're like, we already got our next schedule appointment schedule. Can I just go out the side door? And that was my second introduction to that stigma. Stigma, wow. They don't want to be seen leaving that lobby. They don't want to be seen sitting in there. They don't, they don't understand it. So this facility was nice enough since I had been there for about four years to let me take my clients with me because there's no competition. I don't, I'm not a medication provider and open up Safety Harbor Behavioral Counseling Center down the street and have it non-stigma, comfortable, offer a bottle of water, no 
doctor receptionist, more personal and, you know, kind of spa-like, I guess, or upscale, or, or you're not embarrassed to be seen if somebody runs into you in the lobby, oh, you're here too? Yeah, kind of do like that. Um, and comfortable. Um, and so I was passionate right then. I wanted to end the stigma on the knowledge. I wanted people to know that, to not push stuff under the rug. Because when I did it myself, I self-medicated. I got into the wrong things. I, I'm i happy to still be alive. I had depressive thoughts back when I was 20, I think suicidal ideation, everything. And I felt alone. So it was on a passion and a mission that we're going to change mental health. This is it. Everyone needs to know how, how, how effective it is, especially if you want help. And so I opened Safety Harbor Behavioral Health Counseling Center, and I joined the Chamber of Commerce. And while I was there, they, um, you know, the Chamber of Commerce does a big ribbon cutting and welcoming, open house. And for those of you that you know me, like, I can't be serious too long. I had to give a speech, boom, ribbon cutting, <laughs> say something stupid off the wall. I don't even know what I said, but it just blurts out every now and then. I'm told ADHD too, if you haven't, I, I don't know. When I say that, I mean diagnosed. <laughs> so um, when I get uncomfortable, I make stupid jokes. I'm surprised I haven't tried to make one now. I guess with you guys, I'm not that uncomfortable. So so thanks for listening. But um, WTA and Radio was there. And they said, wow, I loved your speech. And we were looking for someone to host a psychology show. And they wanted it to kind of be like Frasier, if you like know that show where people call in ask questions and whatever, but I was like, nobody's calling. <laughs> so now I have guests. So starting five years ago, over five years ago, I started um, basically scheduling guests to tell their story. And I wanted to hear their story, their journey, and how they overcame what they came through to inspire hope. Because once we realize that other people can do it too, then we know we're not alone. Oh my gosh, if they went through it, then we you know, can too. So we have musicians, celebrities, artists, um, book authors, music, uh, musicians, advocates, professors, doctors, you name it. Um, everyone has a story. And so I started to end the stigma on mental health through exceptional stories uh, and sp inspirational stories of exceptional guests. And uh, there you go, moments of clarity. I still have the counseling center and so we've been airing it like this Facebook Live. Um, I had, you know, happy story to all the parent you know, the loss and me being a troubled kid, you know, and married with two kids, beautiful children, and we celebrate family holidays on our own. Um, built a lot of great friends through this advocacy. Um, have come a long way in mental health, and I think everyone needs a therapist. I have one. Every healthy adult has one in my opinion. Um, it's not like you have to see them all the time, but you need one at, like, on a speed dial or some number in your back pocket in case you're going through something. And it's a, just a confidential person that you just can spill your guts to that's not going to judge or take things personally or worry about you on top. You're having struggles with your job or worrying about money, whatever. They're not going to worry about you. So sometimes it's better to not like talk to people that are in our family because we don't 
we don't want to be completely transparent to those that we care about because a lot of times we don't want to upset them or they're the ones that we're upset at and we need to vent and things like that. So um, the radio stage, the radio show Moments of Clarity has been on for five and a half years. In that interim, by the way, here's something else. Um, a lot of clients were coming in as abuse survivors, sexual abuse survivors. You don't know how common that is. It's disturbing how common it is. And so I wanted to stay on my A game. The curriculum was not all there. So I wrote a book, um, a nonfiction documentary for adult survivors of sexual abuse and incest. And it's free to download. And it's on the front page of childabuse.com. It's called There's a Light Within You That Never Goes Out. And I donated it because it was getting downloaded 40 to, six times, 40 to 60 times a week. Those are not my stories to tell. And we wrote a self-help book free to download. If any of you are listening that are struggling with surviving that and don't really know how, because shame and guilt from undeserved abuse like that, especially in children, is something you don't have to live with every forever. Anyway, childabuse.com, check that out. There's a light within you that never goes out. Um, so, okay, anyway, then I'm fast forwarding through a bunch of stuff, but I mean, I've been through so many things and I'm not only a therapist or host or an author, I'm also a client and there's no shame in that. And a client of many things. Um, Everyone has something, there's no shame in seeking help and no one, no one is free from mental health stuff. And unless we fix our mental health and our, it's it's like trying to let, let a broken arm or broken leg heal on its own without the cast, without the help, never works the same. It won't ever work the same as it wants to. So I'd rather deal with my mental health than go through something that I didn't have to go through because I was too ashamed to seek help. And I'd probably be a different person today if I didn't. So anyway, so let's see. Um, I wanted to introduce myself so that we could really promote this. So we've got this YouTube channel. I have a wonderful website that's managed by a wonderful friend of mine, Mike McBride, and he's the man, he's also the blog writer. He's been doing it for 18 years called childabusesurvivor.net. And um, he manages the Moments of Clarity with Tiffany.com website. If you have any blogs, you want uh, material, everything, we have very talented people. Moments of Clarity with Tiffany.com and check out Mike McBride. I also have Ryan Moulton who helps me with this YouTube channel that we have coming out. And it's youtube.com forward slash MOC with Tiffany. And I'll put the link down below, hopefully. Um, we need a thousand subscribers. All of it's on ending the stigma on mental health. All of it is going to be just interviews with wonderful people, everything. And it's Facebook or it's youtube.com moments, MOC with Tiffany, youtube.com forward slash MOC with Tiffany. Please subscribe and please help me end the stigma on mental health. And please know you're not alone. No one's perfect. And I don't know what perfect or normal is anyway. Um, so the free book, um, you know, I we all we've all gone through our craft, guys. Everyone, we all have it, and we all have our past. And the thing is, is that 
just remember this, that how we respond to what goes on in our lives, the trauma, the horrible things that can come on, how we respond to it is what defines our character. It's never, a sh it's never a shame to get help. It's never too late to get help. And there's so many people out there that are willing to help. And there's so many resources. Um, you don't have to live alone. You don't have to live with shame or guilt or nightmares or night terrors or flashbacks or anything. And, and brushing things under the rug is the worst thing you can do. And so I appreciate all of you guys for your support. And I figured I'd let you know, you know, I'm a therapist, but a client too. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. And I love everyone that supports. Um, to my friends and David and Karen that share the show, always here, Mike and um, all the team, MOC team, and um, all of you guys that really, really support this to continue. I mean, if I didn't name you, you guys, you guys know you support and you guys understand. And um, yeah, um, I had to grow up on my own alone to get to this point. I did everything on my own. And anytime you feel like a victim or something like that, just remember, like, you could be the survivor and you could still accomplish anything, no matter what you go through. Um, it's okay if you trip and stumble a couple of times. It doesn't mean you can't wipe yourself off and get back up. And like I always say, be kind to a stranger yourself. You never know what they're going through or what they've been through. And I'll see you guys Thursdays and Fridays at Moments of Clarity. It's on Facebook Live. And please follow the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash FOC with Tiffany. Help me get to a 1,000 so we can really brand it and end the stigma of mental health. And any ideas or anything, suggestions, please don't hesitate to email us at uh, momentsofclaritywithtiffany.com. Bye, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And um, I hope you guys are well. Take care. Well, Don't put yourself it. down, time for a change Believe in yourself, time to rearrange Be your best friend, bring hope to your day Lose your critic, get out of your way Now it clicks, moments of clarity Now I hear Moments of clarity, now I get it, moments of clarity. To yourself, be kind, it will please your mind. Find your joy, trust in you. Put in the time, you'll see how you grow. Many kinds of love, you get to define. Find self-love, you're so alive